Hey, Emily, how are you doing? I'm great, thank you. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. You know, like it's um, it was the Easter holiday um, this weekend for us, and uh, there was, you know, like it's it's so weird in Canada. They decided that um, all of the provinces but Quebec is fri Good Friday. Um, is it? Yeah, Good Friday is the holiday, um, and oh, wow. and in Quebec it's Easter Monday. So you can imagine huh. that, you know, like I work for, <laughs> I work from a U.S. company that doesn't quite have, um, you know, like state holidays for right. Easter, uh, that, um, my, my direct manager is from Ontario. So he had, um, he actually had, um, Friday as his holiday and as most of my oh, wow. peers and my official <laughs> Off time should have been today, you know, like, so it was just a mess. Right. <laughs> That's complicated. Yeah, it was. But, you know, like at the same time, like it gave us, you know, like what, what ends up happening is we take both days off, you know, like it's just like, right, yeah. you know, like in doubt, you know, like take off. Yeah. So, so you got two holidays. <laughs> exactly. um, as I do pretty much every single uh, recording since that fucking pandemic. Um, uh -huh. I do ask um, kind of a twofold question to my guests uh, first. Sure. Where are you located on that tiny, beautiful planet? And um, how has been the pandemic for you so far? Sure. So I'm located in Sedona, Arizona in the United States, which is in northern Arizona, sort of the high desert. Um, although I am originally from New York and New Jersey, and the pandemic, God. So I'm a full-time mental health professional. I work in addiction treatment um, and all mental health. And I've been working full-time in person for the entire pandemic. Um, I work at a residential treatment facility. And so I would say for the first, like literally the first eight months of the pandemic, we were changing our policies and program pretty much on a weekly basis. And that was really stressful. Um, of course, it was also scary for a while, like being at work in person every day. I'm happy to say I'm fully vaccinated now. And all almost all of my clients just went and got their first round of vaccine too, which is comforting. Wow. Um, yeah. Big time. So, and yeah, and of course we don't force anyone, but almost everyone wanted to, um, which will be really cool because doing therapeutic work with masks on is weird. It's really strange. Um, it's harder to connect. And on that same note, I think I've been more regulated than a lot of people during the pandemic because I go to work <laughs> and yeah. I have a, you know, a nine to five schedule and, um, you know, so lucky that I live in a place with so many like outdoor activities. Like I hike all the time. So I feel like I've been really able to keep some semblance of regularity, even though like nothing's the same. If that makes sense. Absolutely. And, and in terms of even, you know, like as a clinician, have you seen, um, like, cause you know, like a lot of people that I've spoken, um, you know, like yet has told me, you know, like how much they've seen like an explosion in, in, uh, relapses, mm -hmm. overdoses, even if it, even death, yeah. um, suicidal thoughts, you know, like, have you, have, have you been witnessing yeah. kind of the similar thing? Yep. 
so many people are going to treatment, especially so like I work in long-term treatment. So my clients can say like some, a lot of the time they'll be with us for like nine months. Um, but in the past few months, so many people coming in have said like their stories start sort of like, well, the pandemic happened and then dot, dot, dot. Wow. Yeah. And you, you, I mean, your state is not one that has been super conservative <laughs> around that, no? No. Um, it's pretty crazy, actually. Like, I am super uh, vigilant. You know, I wear a mask, I social distance, even though I'm fully vaccinated and I've had COVID. So the chance of me having it are basically none right now. Yep. But a lot, like they lifted the mask ban here and um, my partner went to the store and he was like, nobody had a mask on. Wow. <laughs> um, so it's pretty interesting to just like observe. I, it's a huge tourist town where I live. So it's packed. There's literally the hotels are full, the restaurants are full, the roads are full. Wow. Yeah. And it, it's odd because, you know, like we're, we're probably just quite at the other end of that spectrum. Right. Just yeah. full blown, you know, like they've, they've, um, actually reconfined some regions in Quebec, um, last Friday and we, we still have a curfew at 9 30 PM. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's just, you know, like crazy, you know, like just nuts. Um, right. which means that not only social distancing and the mask and, and the old thing, like that, that Purell fucking bottle, you know, like, you know, anyways, you know, <laughs> yeah. like the old thing, you know, <laughs> you, you can yeah. probably hear that I'm going a bit, you know, like I, I've got enough of it, but it's a lot. <laughs> but that being said, it's not only social distancing, but it's, it's social interaction absence. Um, yeah. So, you know, like I have my, like my, my, my family nest and my immediate family um, right. I have my son and my wife and, you know, like that, that's, you know, like that's great. But, um, and I don't consider myself such an extrovert, you know, like I, I love yeah. social gathering, but I'm not, you know, like I, my wife, you know, like was, and still is, you know, like quite more extra, you know, um, mm -hmm. extrovert, you know, and, 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 and therefore she, she's just going almost insane over that you know like she's just yeah. like i can't wait to have a drink with my girlfriends and i can't wait to right. um and we both work in sales um i you know um zoom has been tough yeah. for um like fraternity meetings let's say you know like so anything that yeah. was more on the intimate side of things um yeah it's so hard it, it is for me it was it was you know like it still is kind of a major hurdle in in my regularity in attending but um right the, on the sales side on, on, on the kind of the professional side uh, i mean it, it's tougher um and and you mentioned it, you know, like with the mask, but you know, like everything that's nonverbal, you miss, uh, and yeah. so and so that's super difficult to um, kind of manage it. But you know, like you, you kind of overcome it. But yeah, but you know, like I, I took it less, um, and and you know, like I, I cover you know like a wide region, so it, you know, like it was a lot of road, um, but at the same time, um, you know, like the professional side has been. I would say less impacted than, than definitely the, right. the more intimate and the more, um, personal side, you know, like the personal side in terms of, you know, like not seeing friends anymore, not seeing, um, 
any, you know, like, you know, like even the meetings, like I said, you know, like, it's just, it's super painful. Like it's, it's tough. Um, And people initially, you know, like at first they had a hard time kind of putting uh, some rules, um, which made it that, um, it was uh, a lot of Zoom bombing and, you know, like a lot of yeah, bullshit. I saw you know, that. Like, yeah, a lot of stuff that, you know, like, um, and, and plus, you know, like you can definitely feel um, a lot of desperation through that, you know, like, so it's really, you know, like it's, it's painful. Um, totally. I host uh, um, a outside of fraternity meeting on, on, on Tuesday evenings and uh it's it, i say outside of fraternities because the kind of the i'm the host in terms of the, like the technological part of it um my sponsor mm-hmm. as 40 years of sobriety um has he, he's 80 years old and he's you know like he's just like he's he's covered pretty much all of the uh, anonymous fraternities you know, like ca and a wow. like all of them you uh-huh. know so um and he's still so involved in every, you know, almost every fraternities and every meeting. So, um, that's amazing. He's pretty much the MC of the old thing. Um, <laughs> and every, every single week, you know, like there, there is either one or two people that you're know, like are really going through tough patches. Yeah, totally. It is, it is, um, it is tough. And that's been sort of the great uh balancing act for us especially professionally is like well which is going to be more dangerous covid or isolating someone who has severe mental health issues yeah um and it's oh you know you, you have to use a lot of discernment in every situation around that and for me it's just you know like what, what my biggest deception is not um hearing from the you know like kind of the um public services agencies talk more about this um you know like for me that's pretty much like where where i i i am surprised that we don't hear um we don't hear enough about this kind of you know like uh, that choice that we definitely need to make as um, a society um what's the riskier uh, what's this, you know, like, what's the riskier choice, you know, like for someone taking his own life or, or risking to right. catch that severe cold. And, you know, like I'm, I'm not, I'm not downplaying it. I'm just saying that, no, you know, like, no. I mean, killing yourself is much fucking worse than catching that COVID thing, you know, like, so, um, and so, yeah, I mean, like it's, it's, um, <laughs> even the listeners it's, must be like, okay, Alex, we get it. You know, like you're <laughs> fucking fed up of it, but you know, <laughs> no, I feel you. And, and actually, you know, like the, what, what I feel obligated to talk about, you know, like, it's not about, you know, like me, my, my feeling about it. It's almost like confirmation of what I think. Um, every single week I ask my guests, you know, like how it's been and what they've been witnessing and, you know, like the, and every single week I hear about people saying, no, you know, like you, you're not, you're not wrong about this. You know, like people are not doing well. People are, you know, like, um, you know, like a, a, a lot more depression, a lot more relapses, yeah. a lot more, um, overdoses. And, um, and it's just, uh, you know, like, you know, like I feel that there's like almost like a, a duty of awareness. Um, I feel obligated to, you know, so yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I agree with that. <laughs> um, 
Okay, enough of COVID. <laughs> I'm close There's to my cur- close to my curfew, so I you know I must stop. Uh, <laughs> um, as pretty much you know, like every every single episode, I rewind the my guest life story tape to the early beginnings of their life. Um, doing the same with you. Um, where do we start that, Emily? You know, like, you know, like sure. you just, you just told me that you were a clinician, but you know, like there must be, um, there must be, you know, like a reason or, or some kind of, mm-hmm. you know, like influence, uh, way back. So bring me back wherever you want. Sure. Okay. Um, so I was born in Manhattan and, um, my parents got divorced when I was very young like four, I think I was. And they did a good job of co-parenting, but I do identify that as sort of my like core abandonment wound that started all of my shit. Um, (laughs) And I always, my, like, even when I, my inner child, I think of her as being sad and kind of confused. And as I grew up and, you know, I, always was looking for an escape, a way out of what I was feeling, uh, a reprieve from feeling like a peacekeeper in my different family systems. And when I was young, probably, I think I took my first drink when I was 12. Um, I actually, I remember I stole beer bottles from like my parents' fridge. And there's a lot of drinking in my family and stuff as well on one side of my family. So I stole some beer with a friend who's a normie, like not, not someone who identifies as an alcoholic. And I couldn't figure out how to open them. And I remember I was so desperate to like feel something that took me outside of myself that I smashed the bottle open (laughs) on rocks and drank it through shards of glass. I had never drinking before. Wow. And that I was so, so excited to feel something different you know how did you know emily that you would you would feel something different because i watched people light up when they drank around me okay and i wanted i wanted to know what that felt like you know um i also watched people not uh seem so happy when they drank and did drugs around me but that was sort of, you know, it's sort of like, um, you know, when you fall in love and you can't see the bad things about the person for a while, Yeah, <laughs> that's sort of how I was with alcohol. And then with drugs, um, like I, I got, I totally fell in love with marijuana when I was young, like a young teen. And that was sort of my saving grace. I mean, in so many ways, it was my saving grace because I was so I was really depressed as a teenager. I struggled with an eating disorder and I didn't tell anyone about these things. So this was my way of dealing. Um, And as my eating disorder got worse, I discovered amphetamines. And I remember realizing that it made me not hungry. And that was sort of it for me. I was off to the races. Uh, I got severely addicted to speed and all drugs. Uh, I moved to Colorado. I went to CU, failed out of every class, literally every class that I took for years over and over. Couldn't hold a job. My relationships were in shambles. I... 
I was such a fucking mess. Um, <laughs> I want, I wanted to die every day, but I, I couldn't like stop using. And I know ne- I literally barely slept or ate for like five years. <laughs> um, you, and you over, you overflew a bit over, you know, like kind of yes. the family picture, <laughs> Emily, you know, like I, I, yeah. I, I just want to, you know, like do a couple of step back, you know, like you told me about sure. like that divorce and that separation, but um, what was, you know, like uh, the family picture, like, were you the only child? No. Okay. So I have three siblings, two okay. are step siblings. Today, I will say I'm really close with my whole family. And okay. I've always been close with my siblings. None of them um, are like me in in the way that I used. Um, my dad got remarried when I was really young. So my stepmom, my stepbrother, and my stepsister are like my family. What rank are you never... in there? So I am the second youngest out of the four of us. Okay. And I... My older brother and I are only like a year apart. So growing up, we were like trouble together. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it was really fun. And I, I'm so grateful that I ha- I was really close with my older sister growing up too. And my younger brother. Um, they're awesome. Honestly, I really like, I'm so grateful for my siblings. Um, but I did grow up switching houses every three days, which is actually pretty crazy. And I never knew that was like weird until literally until like I got into recovery and I would tell people that and they'd be like, that's like not normal. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> that's, that's, uh, I'm actually, you know, like I'm actually, uh, separated from my, my first uh, girlfriend that I had two kids with and you know, like, okay. whatever, I mean, in retrospect, you know, like my, my son has pretty much inherited from my genes, you know, like so, so he's, yeah. he's right now, he's full blown addict, hasn't spoken mm. to me for the past year or maybe two years. Uh, cause I'm, you know, I'm actually the asshole right now. Um, sure. which I, I totally get, you know, like I totally understand, yeah. you know, like I'm, I'm that sober dad that knows the answer and, right. you know, and therefore I must be a prick, but, uh, so <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's good. You're, you're a threat to his <laughs> exactly, disease. Exactly. <laughs> I'm, and I'm okay with that. Uh, my right. daughter has been, I mean, li- I would say literally brainwashed, you know, like by my ex, but you know, like the, by the time, you know, like when they were younger, there was like two models that we followed, you know, like it was like the one weekend, um, you know, like one second weekend to another, you know, like, so it was um, actually one weekend per month. Um, oh wow! Which is because I was too far, you know, like I was too distant. Um, so it was really tough. Um, actually, two weekends per month, you know, like so every two weekends I would have him. Um, and that was super complicated because you know, like every single time you would have him, you would try to recreate Disney World. You know, like it was just yeah crazy. You mm-hmm. know, like it was all about you know, like whatever they wanted. You know, like I would give. Um, right. I think my dad had some of that too. Because he had us like for less consecutive days each week than my mom. Yeah. Like he would just get one night during the week. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they would like switch the weekends back and forth. Yeah. And it, 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 it's super complicated. You know, like it's, it's, um, and then we, we went from that, like, so four days a month, um, to actually like one full week, one full week. Um, oh, and wow. I, was much, I was much closer. And then, you know, like, so I met my 
my now wife um at the time when we actually moved from where she lived to you know like closer to the kids uh, uh-huh. and i remember her just saying you know like you know because it was almost like from thursday and sometimes like late wednesday i would start planning the return um right so what are we doing this weekend like where are we going you know like what activities and so on and so forth yeah and then you know like she was you know like she had you know like she she didn't have kids and she was like wow you know like that's a lot of you know like that's a lot of planning you're doing here and i'm like yeah Mm -hmm. but you know like i don't see him often you know like i feel guilty you know like i feel bad about this blah 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 blah. and she was you know like and i I eventually convinced her to move from, you know, like almost like the North shore of Montreal to the South shore of Montreal, which is like, like almost an hour drive, you know, like, so, you know, like kind of, you know, um, getting further from her friend, you know, like from, from her long-term friends to, you know, kind of, you know, like, um, agreeing to try to build some kind of family nest here. Um, which is odd because right now we just sold the house, you know, like because of the situation, you know, like we just sold right. the house and, you know, like we're going back to, um, the North shore of town because, you know, like I, I you know, like, I, because we're growing older, you know, like I want her to be mm-hmm. closer to her friends. Um, and so, um, anyhow, you know, like when, when, when we started one week over, you know, like, um, one week, one week off, um, it was a lot of reorg to do, you know, like, because, you know, like yeah. they, they would come home and say, Hey, what are we doing this week? I'm like, well, it's regular times, you know, like it's just, you know, like regular days and, you know, like there's no, nothing outstanding going on, you know, like it's just going to be either school or, or like the, the usual routine you got home, you know, like it's, um, mm-hmm. that's what right. it was a lot of, you know, getting acclimated to and, um, yeah, it was, <laughs> you know, like it's looking hard. back, you know, like it was, it is hard, you know, like it's, I mean, and there's like, sorry, go on. No, I was just about to say, you know, like that, you know, like I, I, to this day, you know, like I don't believe, um, like the perfect separation, you know, like yeah, every kid is gonna, you know, like even if there's harmony and you know, like everyone talk to each other and it looks right. fine, I mean that that separation that you described, you know, like is, you just said it, you know, like even though you know, like you feel that they had like great agreement over the separation, you felt in some ways abandoned, you know, like, so totally. And I, I think, well, two pieces, they did a good job, but my parents do not talk to each other. Like, (laughs) and that's, that's been minimal my whole life. My mom does not like my dad. (laughs) And I think that there is this heartbreak that happens every single time you leave one of the houses that it's sort of just recreated. And I, I really like associate, I've obviously done a lot of therapy on this, but I associate like the pain that sort of led to my addiction with that, like heartbreak of like switching and feeling far from one parent over and over. Yeah. Yeah. And and it's, it's like, it's almost like micro rupture, you know, like it's, yeah. Yeah. And at the same time, you know, like as a parent, you know, like my responsibility was actually to be, uh, because initially, you know, like you can't imagine, like I just, it wasn't um, my decision at the time, you know, like, so, you know, like mm. you, you, all of a sudden you go from like a full house of five, I think they were five and seven and maybe younger than that, you know, like, so, so like, right. just like 
the carnival at home to crickets, you know, like fucking wow. nothing, you know, like so, so <laughs> it's nuts. you can imagine that, you know, like four days a week, you know, at the time it was, um, yeah, it was for two weekends per month. And I think it was every Tuesday I would drive hours to just have dinner with them. Um, wow. and, uh, but every single time I had to all my own tears, um, of missing them. Uh, every single right. time I would drop him off, you know, like, so even if I thought or think that I did a good job, if they, they definitely felt that, you know, like they, right. they definitely had that. So as a parent, you know, like your responsibility is to make it, you know, like as smooth and easy to, mm -hmm. you know, like have him leaving and, you know, like say, no, 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 it's part of life, blah, 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 you know, like trying to make, but at the same time, um, it has to be, um, kind of a mutual agreement from both parents, you know, like my, my, my right. ex would like leave hidden notes in their, in their luggage, you know, like as, you know, like if, if anything happens, whatever she meant by that, you know, like, you know, like if anything happens, please call me, um, all kinds of subtle ways to make him feel, you know, like, okay, it would be, I remember some precisely, you know, like I remember one note saying, um, I know you must miss me, but we're going to find each other in our dreams. Wow. You know, like, so it was always insinuated that, you know, like they were missing their mom and, you know, and, and right. you can imagine that, you know, like, and, and then I remember not much later, I think we were, we were, yeah, we were back in the region. So yeah, we had one week on one week off and my daughter was young and she, she comes home and she has a cell phone and I'm like wow why do you have that right it's you're too young you know like why and i mean and it's you know like for for a young kid you know like she's like no 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 dad you know like it's cool and i'm like no you, <laughs> you know like you shouldn't you shouldn't get that you know like it's you're you're way too young right and um and then she says well mom said you know like if anything happens to me i can call her and you know, like, and you're like, oh, wow. oh, wow. Okay. So how do I, you know, wow. how do I, yeah. you know, like, how do I recuperate that without losing my shit? Right. You make, you know, like, right. because yeah. the first reaction is like, oh, she did it, you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> totally. And, um, and so, you know, like, so I would consider my separation like a bad one, you know, like a, and, and yeah. like a really bad one. So, um, and from, all of the people that, you know, like I've spoken to, you know, like the, mm -hmm. like some of my best friends that I've separated, you know, like there's, there's no ideal situation. It's, it's, no. it's a bad, yeah. It's just like a, a bad, a bad moment to go through as yeah. a kid. And I think like with my parents, it had to happen. They were like, so not compatible. My dad and my stepmom are like the most, they're so in love, even, you know, decades later perfect wow. pair but like it was not easy and it and that doesn't take away from why it had to happen you know yeah and and um which side was more quote unquote the festive side my dad's side yeah and i've always been really close with my dad i have a good relationship with my mom now but it was really rocky while i was growing up 
I think in a lot of ways, because I resented that I had to be at her house more than my dad's house. And I wanted to be at my dad's house all of the time. Yeah. Um, but that's, I mean, yeah. I don't know if, if Sarah had been at my dad's house more, I would have wanted to be at my mom's more. <laughs> yes. You know? So I'm not really sure why that is, but that's how it was for me. And usually girls with their moms are like, there seems to be some friction um, at some yeah. point in, you know, like early <laughs> teens. And, oh, yeah. you know, so I would say, you know, like pretty much like the usual. <laughs> yep. um, the, the other thing, you know, like when I ask you, you know, which I was more festive, is that where you witness some of the alcohol use and, you know, yeah, yeah. totally. Which I thought, I, I truly thought was cool as a teenager. And, and you didn't see kind of the, you know, like sometimes you have like that drunk uncle that everyone kind of is in fear of, you know, him taking a drink too much at the sure. party. And, no, oh, okay. So you I had mean, that too. I would, say, <laughs> I would say alcoholism runs in my family. Yeah. Okay. Because, you know, like it yeah. was on my mom's side. <laughs> no, you know, I it mean, was on no, one, no one else has said that, but I'm pretty confident that that's true. I just can't claim that for another, you know. And I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you, you know, like the, the that question because I, I have my own beliefs, but you know, like I, I like having that discussion with my guests. Um would you say it's nature or nurtured? I think it's both. I believe so like I believe that I definitely have a screw or a gene in, inside of my biological being that has a very abnormal reaction to substances. I think it could be how my brain is wired. I'm not really sure. I don't know if I was born that way or if I crossed a line. Does yeah. that make sense? It does. Um, yeah. And I don't know if I ran across that line because of how I was freezed. <laughs> <laughs> so I, th I do think about this a lot, especially as like someone who with a psychology degree and working on a counseling degree. Like I think I think about this all the time. I've treated like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of young adults, but I do think it's both. And I, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure that, you know, like people are the product of their environment, you know, like, so right. no doubt about this. Um, at the same time, even though much later, I realized, you know, like I was telling you on my mom's side, you know, like my grandfather was, well, I would say 99% sure he was, a, you know, like he was an alcoholic, um, you know, like, so yeah. my mom's father and, um, on my father's side, none of nothing of that sort. You know, like the, you know, like my father would stop coffee if he felt that you know if he felt obligated for a while that he had to mm -hmm. have his coffee would stop. You know, like so he yeah, had. Yeah, that's how my mom is. Nothing, you know, like <laughs> it's weird. It's <laughs> weird, <laughs> really weird. But but you know, like so so on my dad's side there was none of that. Maybe one younger brother that had you know like but he's he's over with that and you know like that has never. Yeah. Um, but on my mom's side, you know, like they would, they would lose control, you know, like, so there would be holidays or, you know, like some parties oh, yeah. that, you know, like you, you would just see, see them, um, either go to the, um, you know, like almost to the fighting point or to the, you know, like getting sick point, you know, like, so, you know, like just, just 
Oh yeah. Bad parties. Um, I grew up around that regularly and I, I true, I thought that was totally normal <laughs> until I got sober. I literally thought that adults were people who just knew how to hide their bad habits. It, and it's weird, Emily, because, you know, like I, I wouldn't see that, you know, like I, young, I wouldn't see that that often, but you know, like my, my grandfather would always have a beer and, you know, like, but, but mm -hmm. that being said, you know, like I, I wasn't witness to that, you know, like that often. And I always go back to one story, you know, like to, to kind of, um, of my own hypothesis of, you know, like if it's nature or nurtured, but you know, like mm -hmm. my, so my father is not like that. My mom is not a drunk at all. You know, like she, 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 on a daily basis, I mean, um, and on, at spring, my father, for the sake of showing me how to, um, it's almost like a physics lesson. And I must be between five and seven years old. He shows uh -huh. me how, you know, like when, when he, um, he, he puts the snowmobile uh, like in, in the shed, he shows me how to pull the gasoline out of the tank <laughs> to put it back in the five gallon. Uh -huh. um, so, you know, like takes a tube, ba 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 ba, shows me how to pull on it and then, you know, like drop like the tube in the five gallon and you know, like it, it empties that, yeah. that tank. Um, I realized quite quickly that if I miss it a few times, I get a buzz. Wow. I still am, you know, like I, I I'm not still, but you know, like I'm, I'm pretty sure that 99% of kids would have been scared shitless of what happened right. to them. Not me. Totally. Not me. You know, I totally get that. Yeah. <laughs> and that, I think that's the nature part. Like it's just something in my brain yeah. just like runs with that. Exactly. And so, you know, like if I would probably would say that, you know, like if my environment was worse, um, it would, you know, like it, it probably would have made, bring me much, you know, like, um, much closer to you know like more hardcore stuff mm -hmm. you know like, or or because it, you know like because of the access because of whatever and and i would sure. add on top of that that you know like my 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 i was like um a gifted kid you know like i had you know a yeah. facility at school and um i was given a lot of books that were i would say almost too mature for my my age and and some of these books were like um or stories of you know like drug addiction you know like so so it yeah. it made me super scared of you know like the the you know like kind of the um, um falling down that rabbit hole of you know like you take a joint right, and then yeah. you're probably in there in like that you know like just just reading through it it was like holy shit you know like I can't touch that you know like it's gonna be <laughs> yeah you know, like I'm gonna die in a few months you know like it's too bad it's I too I remember thinking that too yeah so so. So that's where the environment makes a difference, you know, like, because if I had right. a cousin that was, you know, like, hey, hey, you know, like I have, you know, like my pockets are full of speed, you know, like there's no problem, blah, blah, blah. You know, like I probably right. would have been, you know, like much quicker addicted to, you know, like much harder drugs. And and that's where the, totally. the environment and the nurtured um, part of things, you know, like takes um, takes kind of decent space in, 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 in that theory. But, um, yeah, I was, I was curious to ask you because especially yeah. with, you know, like the, with the studies you made, um, you know, like what's the, is there a consensus, you know, like, is there like, like, um, an official agreement around that? I don't think so at all. No. I mean, I will tell you that like 
addiction is considered a medical disease yeah. at this point in time. So that implies a biological connection. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think there's a, I think, I think that most people would agree. Well, you know, it's funny. I think that a lot of people who haven't gone through addiction themselves cannot fully connect to that physiological reaction that we have to substances, right? Like we hear it all the time. Why don't you just stop? It's not a moral failing. Like I literally cannot, right? And once I get started. And so I think that like, I don't know how someone who has not experienced that physical, like allergy, if you will, that reaction, I don't think they could truly understand that. And that to me is the nature part. Yeah. But I think that there's a a lot of people, a lot of professionals who would just take that at face and also understanding that the environment, the family system plays a huge role in not only what road someone goes down, but how they get off of that path. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, like, uh, you know, like the ease of, um, the ease of getting it, you know, like that, you know, like that made a, you know, made a huge difference in my life, you know, like for sure. Um, you know, like, but you know, like drug dealers were a bad guy in my family, you know? Yeah. (laughs) You know, but I know that from, for other families, you know, like drug dealers are actually your brother, your cousin, your, your uncle, you know, like, and it's, it makes like a whole world of difference. Um, a whole world of difference. Okay. Let's get back to that storyline um sure when you so you said that you you had your first contact around 12 13 um yeah was you know like and and you mentioned you know like at university was that career you know that that studying path um was psychology at the time as well or it was kind of all over the place i was a philosophy major and a psychology minor but i mean i literally didn't go to class. Like, I think I want, I can literally remember going to like two classes in Boulder. <laughs> um, and I kept, I got, I kept re-enrolling, you know, I'd get put on probation. I'd maybe pull off a C if I could, then I get suspended. They'd let me back. Um, I couldn't stop. Sometimes I would move home to New York city for like a, a semester then I would go back to Boulder um I really like could not function in school I got like two a two a's I remember in philosophy classes that I took online that I would stay up like writing really like strange papers in the middle of the night for and that was about all I could do how did your family react to you because it must have shown in some ways no oh yeah I was I mean I was so crazy with them they knew something was severely wrong um and I kept convincing them it was other things like I would convince them it was mental illness which like I definitely struggled with aspects of mental illness but the way I was acting was due to drugs um for sure and I you know they would drug test me but I was taking things that I was prescribed. So I was 
prescribed so many different controlled substances. And I would convince literally all these different psychiatrists that I needed more. And my parents would take me to these doctors who would give me tons of pills. And so I would use that when they were drug testing me. And then they would be like, oh, it's okay. But really, I was taking like, you know, a whole bottle of pills in two days. Not because I wanted to have my life because that's what I needed to sustain myself at that point in time. And so no one could figure out what was quote unquote wrong with me because I was playing all these different parties against each other. Um, And I was not, I was not going to admit that I had a drug problem because I knew the second I did that, they were, that was going to go. And I was not ready to give that up. And when, you know, like I, I, I usually ask that question around that period of the, you know, like my, my guest's life. Um, yeah. When would you recognize as first sign of, you know, like either waking up hungover or, you know, like uh, where, you know, like you just have those first seed of that can't be my life. You know, like that can't mm. be it. Was it? around those times? Was it, you know, like later, you know, like was, was sure. I think there was like the literally from when I was 18 till when I was 22, I was in this cycle of going on benders, burning out, getting more, going on benders, burning out, getting more. And every time I would come off a bender, I would finally like get in a bed. It could be like three o'clock in the morning. And I just, I always would be like, I'm done. Like this can't be it. And then I'd wake up and do it again. And I'd be like, I don't know what happened. Like I literally did not understand what was happening to me. I had no idea. Nobody talked about addiction. I didn't know anyone who was in recovery. I just thought that I was like, and I knew, like I knew in the, somewhere in the depth of my soul, what was going on, but I was in so much delusion and, um, confusion and fear that I honestly just figured I would like die at some point soon. And that would kind of be that. And how you know like how does it end you know like what was that Mm -hmm. critical moment where it ended so this is really crazy i was so cracked out i can barely i can barely remember this span of time but i was so messed up and i finally asked my parents for help i did not say i was on drugs i told them i would go to treatment i told them i would i refused to go anywhere that was called a rehab because i literally was so convinced that i could like get help without getting sober and so my parents hired an ed- an educational consultant and again this is where like i really acknowledge my privilege and my family's support because i am a hundred percent confident I would be dead if this did if my parents did not have the resources for me to go down this crazy road that I went down for treatment. And so I met with this ed consultant and I barely even remember talking to him. I was so high. He told me about wilderness therapy. 
I literally barely even looked over everything he had me look at. I just saw that I would be in nature and like, I thought that was awesome. And I've always been really drawn to like, um, natural forms of healing, so to speak. Like this program had yoga, you do yoga every day and you go hiking. And I literally signed myself up without reading through anything. I signed all these papers. My I smashed everything in my mom's in my room at my mom's house. My parents tried to call the cops on me and off I went. <laughs> um I my dad and I flew to Durango, Colorado. I stayed up all night doing drugs in the hotel. I still to this day cannot believe I ended up going. I got in the transport car, did drugs. I did pills the whole ride there. No one knew. Showed up at this program, did not go to detox or anything. And it was an intensive wilderness therapy program. It wasn't like glamping. Like I literally had to make my own pack out of a tarp while coming off all these different drugs. Literally, I, when I got there, I was on benzos, painkillers, and speed and hadn't slept for like a week and was like totally malnourished. And I, off I went, I stayed there for three months. And I remember waking up one day about a month in and I was like, Oh my God, like I, I like it here. Like in the middle of the woods with a group of 10 people, like with guides, with intensive therapy, intensive mindfulness practice, I had nothing. I wore the same outfit every day. I carried my pack. We cooked our food, like once a week food drop. Um, When I went to the bathroom, I had to call my name. Like, it's not like the conditions were epic. (laughs) And I felt joy for the first time in so long with nothing. And, And then about two months in, literally two months in, up until then, I'd still been denying I had a drug problem. I was journaling about how I was going to stay sober and see my favorite bands. I follow like jam bands that I love. Yep. I was journaling about how I was going to, what I was going to tell people because I was still so ashamed of the stigma of addiction. And I literally stood up and I, this was another moment where I feel like my higher power just like took me by the shoulders and like walked me over to my group and I called them all around me and I was like, I am a drug addict. That's why I'm here. And every single person was like, yeah, duh. (laughs) (laughs) And I, and they, I was not in the group with people with addiction problems mostly because I lied about why I was going to treatment. Um, but everyone knew because I was so out of my mind my first month there, like, We'd be hiking and I'd be like literally nodding off because I was so sleep deprived and like I was dragging my backpack on the ground because I was so like weak. Um, And I just, I admitted it. I told my family and my dad was like, I literally have been having this recurring dream that I am looking under the bed for something and I cannot find it. And when you told me that, it's like the flashlight in the dream just turned on and everything made sense. And my my therapist there was like, I cannot figure out why you were here. You seem so normal now. And I was like, (laughs) I was like, yeah, like I literally was not this person like before I came in. And obviously once I admitted that the real work began because I had so many underlying issues to why I was using in the first place. 
Um, so I did stay there for three months. I completed the program. I trusted my team. And then I went to a transitional living for another six months because I had no idea how to mop a floor or what to wear to a job interview or how to hold a job or go to school or do anything sober, you know? Um, and that was when I was 22. So I've been sober ever since then. Wow. And, um, and how were the, you know, like, you know, like you, 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 you talked about and like kind of the, um, how worried you were and, you know, like, you know, following some of your favorite band, but you know, like how were the first few weeks, months coming out? So it was really interesting because I went to transitional living, like actually this is where I work now. I've been working there for five years, but so basically you don't like get your phone right away. And then you get your phone only during the day. And like, you only get a certain amount of hours off campus at first. And you sort of build up to like the last phase, which is basically just sober living. Um, and I did not go to my first sober like show until I was like eight months sober. And I went with my mom to a dead show. And then like my second show after that, I also, my dad took me to a dad show. So like, I really eased into it. And, um, I always think about this, like what you seek is seeking you. And I looked into it and I found a huge sober community that is a part of both of these bands that I love to follow. And I made so many sober friends And like, we have meetings at set break. I literally go to shows all the time. I'm completely neutral towards like people using or drinking around me. I wouldn't not say do that. Like when you're five months sober, you know, but, um, I, I feel so much freedom today and I, you know, I'm super involved in different recovery programs, a bunch of different ones. I've got sponsors, sponsees, like, I don't, I don't just assume I'm, can do this alone because I can't, but I have such an amazing support system and like connection today that I feel really confident pretty much wherever I go in my recovery. And the, the idea of becoming, um, a therapist yourself, where did it come? Uh, you know, where did, you know, like, how did you get this, um, it's inspiration or, you know, idea. So, um, a huge part of my recovery is like my mindfulness practice. And, um, I have Buddhist teachers and I came to realize in some of my meditations that like, I truly believe that in some point in space and time, my soul took a vow to help end other people's suffering. And I don't really care how I do it. It's just the only thing that feels right to me. Um, So at first I wanted to be an herbalist and then I was going to dedicate my life to being a yoga teacher, which I am a yoga teacher, but that's not really all I want to do. I do use that as a tool with clients. Um, I am fascinated by the mind. So I thought, I thought for studies for school, that was really interesting. So I got, I studied psychology with um, health and wellness coaching at Northern Arizona University. And I think that it's just feels natural for me to be able to 
like empathize and listen and validate and like help people feel basically. Mm -hmm. Um, and that is why I'm becoming a therapist because it's like, even though it's really hard work, it's my path of least resistance. How, you know, like I have to ask you, but how is it to, um, meet like the, like your first patient, you know, like, especially when you're like, you've got like, you know, like a few years or a few months, I don't know how long, you know, like you've been sober when that happens, but you know, like, how is it, um, just in terms of like your empathy, for example, you know, like, or, or, you know, um, how is it meeting with that first patient? Yeah, it's, uh, You know, it's funny because today, um, I'll, God willing, I will have six years sober, not uh, next week, April 14th. So like Congrats. really soon. Um, thank you. And wow, that is next week, huh? So anyways. Um, <laughs> Party! <laughs> yeah, um, definitely going to get some good food with my friends. Um, I think at first it was like so amazing every time. Um And now, so like I have up to 40 clients at any given time. So now like I have more of a discernment and awareness that like, I'm not going to connect with everyone. Everyone is not for everyone. And I think that part of being like a, an ethical professional is knowing like what, what, who's your client and who's not your client. If that makes sense. Yeah, it does. Um, and so You know, some some clients I really connect with and other clients I really don't. And I'll, I'll always be of service. And sometimes I have to say to their therapist, like, hey, we're not connecting. I need you to try and work on this with them or whatever. Um, and other times, you know, I it just happens so naturally. But I think that for me, all that matters is that I show up and I make an effort. Yeah, you know, like, and, and, and the question was, you know, like kind of um, towards your own feeling, you know, like you, you hear of relapses, you hear of, you know, like how, you know, like, because, you know, uh, I feel yeah. like, you know, like, almost like 16 years in, you know, like, there, there's, there's a side of me that's always like, <laughs> it may sound harsh, but you know, like, there's like the wake Jaded. the fuck up, you know, like, like yeah. <laughs> No, you know, like, for sure. You know, like there, there's something about you know, like there's, um, in 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 more in recent years, um, I've been arguing that you know, like we we talk too much, and we don't act. Mm. You know, like we don't act enough. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. I, I feel that. You know, I I've been you know like over analyzing thing, over you know like overturning things over and over and over and over. And you're like, okay, man. You know, like I I mean at some point. Um, I mean, bottom line is don't freaking use, you know, like, I mean, I, you know, like we yeah. can, we can turn this over and over, but you know, like that, that there's, there's kind of a bottom line that's, that's out there. That's right in, in your face. You know, like there's, there's, yeah. um, and whatever the pain is, you know, like, and, and you know, it's, it's really funny because my wife and I, for the past few weeks, you know, like we've been talking about depression, for example, mm. um, And, you know, like she was telling me that, you know, like there, there are a few friends that are going through that right now. And, and I was like, well, all I can say for my own experience is that, um, there are 
at least two times, you know, like we we're talking about a separation and, 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 and it was a bad separation. And I know for a fact mm-hmm. that, you know, like if I had met with the, uh, with my, my family doctor at the time, I would have been diagnosed with depression. Right. Absolutely no doubt about this. Um, my wife and I have been in confinement and, you know, like for over a year now and we right. have, um, we have a five-year-old that's on the spectrum um, oh, wow. and we have absolutely no help, no outside help, mm-hmm. you know, like, so, so, so you know, hard. this was a four day weekend, um, which, you know, like there's no, <laughs> there's no nannies, there's, there's nothing. Um, and, you know, like we put him to sleep at seven and my wife was like, that was, you know, like, that was a tough, because it's over now, you know, like it's tomorrow yeah. is going at daycare, but you know, like she, she kind of looked at me and was like, this, this was a tough weekend. And I'm like, absolutely you know like it was it was really tough and i know that you know like even for us you know like if for example you know like if i go to the doctor or she goes and you know doctor says okay i need to put you um on a six weeks break and you know here are the the prescription for pills and blah 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 blah, and you need to sleep more and you need to this and that my son wakes up between 4 30 and 5 every single fucking morning you know like so this will not happen and, mm-hmm. and the discussion we had was like, oh, but, you know, like depression, people wakes up at, you know, like 12 because, you know, like they don't feel like waking up and they don't feel like going out of bed. I'm like, I don't either. I have no sure. fucking choice. You know, like it's just, you know, like I, I don't have that freedom of almost like of kind of realizing that, you know, like, oh, I, I didn't feel like waking up this morning. There's no, totally. you know, like there's, there's a human being depending on us, you know, like, so, so there's no, do you feel like this or do you feel like waking up right. or you know, do you feel like staying in bed? I mean, for God's sake, I do. No, of course. <laughs> and so I work with young adults, Yep. like young, like some of them are, a lot of them are 18. Okay. And so emotionally they're like, 12, (laughs) you know, not always. And I, not everyone I work with has addiction issues. So I do have clients who didn't get out of bed for like a year and literally couldn't. Right. Yeah. Um, but also part of what they do at our program is like, you have to be at meditation at nine 30 every morning. Right. And you have to be eating regularly because we're going to know if you're losing weight rapidly and then you're going to get sent to a higher level of care. Yeah. So there are a lot of requirements that happen slowly. You know, that's why we have four phases so they can build that muscle where you can be able to discern and say, I have to take care of this. I have to get up and do this. Yeah. And, and, you know, like uh, I love Emily, when you say, um, I know that, you know, like this, you know, like the, the, the separation, you know, like has, has hurt me as a child. Yeah. I know that. Um, but if, if, you know, like you're, you're still kind of ruminating that pain still that many years later, for me, that's not, that's not constructing anything. Sure. It's not building up, you know, it's actually just digging down, you know, like, so, so there's something about, you know, like that, that coming back. Yeah. But I, 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 I went through this or I, I've gone through that, or I've been, you know, like I've been the victim of this or that. I mean, I get it, you know, um, 
Sure. I realized much so, more, you know, like much later that, you know, for example, you know, like my, my, on my mom's side, you know, like there was a lot of, um, from his father up, you know, like there was, there was, and his siblings, there was a lot of sexual, um, mm. weird stuff going on. Um, my, yeah. my father would argue that, you know, like my, my granddad, so his stepfather or his father-in-law, sorry, was most probably um, a closeted um, gay man that had, you know, like a full family, you know, like with wife and all. Right. Um, and so you can, you can imagine what kind of, you know, like twisted mind we were dealing with. And that's much later that I realized that, you know, like, so was there some form of incest with me i'm pretty sure there was but you know like it for me it's just like either dug in or like i'm past that you know like i'm just like okay this was a fucked mm -hmm. up man you know like that's that's it you know, <laughs> you know there's nothing yeah. <laughs> well it's it's really interesting because so what you're saying um and clot just to be clear as as a queer person like not just because you're in the closet doesn't mean you're gonna do something oh, no, 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 up no, no, to no. someone oh, oh yeah sorry however <laughs> i i get what you're saying yeah, sorry I, about so that. what you experience so it's really interesting because trauma literally changes the brain but everyone who experiences trauma has a different it's not always trauma for the person. Like two people can experience the same thing and one person can be totally traumatized by it. Another one can have a resilient response to it, if that makes sense. Yeah. So a lot of the work that we do is trauma work, meaning we unravel the things that are keeping us frozen so that they can become just something that you look back as, oh yeah, that's, that's something that I'm stronger about, you know? Yeah. But until you do that work, the brain is literally the neural pathways in the brain change in response to trauma. So you can't go forward until you go through that, if that makes sense. It does. And 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 I'm I'm glad we have that discussion. Because for me, that's probably that piece that I was missing. Um right. because I, you know, like my my kind of my assumption is like get over it for, you know, for what, you know, like just move on, you know, like, sure. and, and I, I guess the unraveling or the detangling of, yeah. you know, of, of that, of that trauma is, is key. Totally. You know, like I asked you initially, what was, you know, like the, the pandemic situation, how does, um, was there stuff that changed in your practice in the past year? Yeah, you know, it's interesting because so we we have, you know, up to 40 clients at a time living on our campus. They get jobs, they can go to school, they can get cars at a certain phase. But before then, we transport them. We take them on adventures every weekend, so on and so forth. And we had to like make it so that everything was under 10 people. So, you know, Friday night dinners suddenly become, we're getting takeout from five different restaurants and no one, we can't have the whole community gather together. They have to take it back to their apartments. Or adventure becomes under 10 person activities. So the community is all split up and everyone can't do stuff together. Um, and they have to have, on 
under four people in an apartment hanging out at a time where, you know, it used to be they might have all the girls in one apartment doing face masks on a Friday night, right? Yeah. And so even stuff like, you know, on the last phase of our program, our students can have sleepovers if they're in relationships, right? But we had to stop doing that. Literally, we just switched that back a week ago now that you know, people are getting vaccinated and stuff, but they weren't able to experience those new relationships in a way that was sort of like therapeutic because of the pandemic. And so it's weird because so many of our clients right now are only know our program as a in the pandemic. And I always just want to be shake them and be like, it would be better like <laughs> without the pandemic, you know, like sobriety is actually more fun than this or recovery is more fun. Um, but we're starting to see some glimpses of like more normalcy for them. And that's amazing. It was also hard because like our staff meetings were on Zoom for like most of the pandemic, which is just like so nuts when you're talking about like 40 different cases. Um, even so now our all staff meetings are on Zoom. Like I have a couple of coworkers who I like never even met, which is weird. <laughs> um, That's weird. So yeah, things have definitely changed. How does your own sobriety has changed over the years? Yeah, it's changed a lot. It's funny because I started I started a new meeting like a one month before the pandemic. So it was brand new and it died, it basically died out. Um, but I go to, it's one positive is that I now go to meetings all over the world, which is so cool for me. Like I really like doing that. I think it's fun. And I personally like to be able to like go for a walk while listening to a meeting or something like that is grounding to me. Um, especially after I spend literally every day sitting in an office talking with people about recovery. But it's also harder. Like I haven't, you know, been to an in-person meeting in like six months. Um, I am blessed in that I still see my like sponsors and sponsees regularly, like in person. Um, and like all of my best friends are my coworkers and we're all in recovery and we all hang out outside of work and we're all vaccinated now. So, so that's like really amazing. Um, I can't imagine if I didn't do this for a living, what, how much I more resources I would need to have looked for. Yeah. For my own recovery, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. Yes. Um, and definitely like my meeting attendance hasn't been as good. I'm trying to be more accountable about that. I still, I still go to at least one meeting a week. I'm in like, I'm in five different fellowships. So I, I rotate them and I try to go to like a sobriety meeting every week at least. Um, but yeah, it's definitely different. And it's hard at times to like motivate because there's no one there to hold you accountable, you know? Yeah. Um, I am doing now a weekly meeting with people who live where I live, which is good. Even though it's on Zoom, 
it still feels like I'm being more accountable to like my local community. The recovery community where I live is not very big because Sedona is a tourist and retirement community. (laughs) So, but my partner's in recovery too. So, I mean, we have each other to be accountable, although we almost never do meetings together. Um, That's quite important, right? Yeah. People need to know that, you know, like it's something that, you know, like I, I, people forget, but you know, like there, there is something about, um, being able to share, um, totally, you know, like without any, you know, like taboos or whatever you call it. Um, sure. You know, like it's, it's, um, it's, it's almost vital to your, the sanity of your sobriety. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I I totally agree. I'm like ninety nine percent of the time, what I have to share is not related to my relationship, at least as far as like sober meetings go. Yeah. However, I think that you know, God forbid, something happened. Like, literally, my first sober love died, and if I didn't have my own meetings to go to, like I, then my recovery would have been taken out too, you know? So I think that having that be my thing and he has his thing, you know, he does his men's meetings and has his own community. I think that is so important. And I also don't think I could ever date someone who's not in recovery that could change maybe, but for now, I feel like it is important to have that accountability in my home life, you know? Yep. And you feel that, um, it would be tough for you to, to, um, to actually share your life with someone that's not, um, that's not in recovery. I feel like I wouldn't be able to feel understood in a sense. Like, I feel like there is this part of my brain that functions very addictively, even if it's not with drugs and alcohol. Took a while for my wife. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) And, um, so I guess it would be possible. I mean, you know, like it's funny because I, we have so many stories at the beginning, you know, like Uh of stuff that, you know, like she just couldn't, um, understand at all you know she was like what the fuck you know like what's going on what's what's wrong with you (laughs) You and uh, it was just so weird and and um and i remember my sponsor actually uh encouraged her to go to al-anon and uh, she was like "Eh, yeah all right you know like just like you know like really not really into it and uh, she was like okay and you know like just not really feeling it um yeah. And uh and she came back. That was a Sunday morning. I always remember and she came back just crying. She was like we're all mm. the same. <laughs> yes. True. We're all the same. You know like we're you know like the, like the her name's Mary and she's like the room was full of Marys. You know like I was like, "Oh, okay." And she's like, "Oh my god. It's unbelievable." You know like they were talking and I was like but I'm like that and oh shit, I'm like that as well. And oh damn, you know, like, (laughs) yeah. And so I totally get it. 
that, I feel like I'm on both sides of that. <laughs> for sure. You know, like, cause there's, yeah. there's definitely, um, there's like being aware of, you know, like, um, not being a, or developing codependence and, and yeah. there's, um, it's, you know, like it's definitely, um, it's a, not a lot of work, but you know, like there's, there's work involved in making, you know, like in, in being careful about that, especially as totally. addict, as addict, uh, falling in love. Um, yeah. yes, <laughs> there's definitely, definitely a risk there, you know? Um, I mean, this, this is something that, you know, like my wife had to, you know, like I told you, like she was an extrovert, you know, like more of mm -hmm. the social time. And we had to have a lot of discussion around that. And it went pretty much both ways. Like she would, you know, like she was um, a single girl, um, like just appreciating every moment of our newly separation. And, you know, like she, she met me and yeah. probably unexpectedly and, you know, like she's fell for me as I did for her. And she was like, well, you know, like I'm having uh, this happy hour and this and that and this and that. I'm like, well, yeah. <laughs> I'm well. not, I'm not going to go at every uh, one of these outings for sure. And she was like, no, I'm like, fuck no. You know, like, I'm, <laughs> right. I, I, you know, like I love, I love being I home can. And, <laughs> and I love being home. You know, like I love, you know, yep. like I, I love sitting, me too, watching TV and you know, like, shit yes. that my wife just like, ugh. you know, like I'm like, well, that's me. You know, like I'm, I'm, I'm like that. You know, like, so, um, yeah. and it was kind of funny because, um, <laughs> we had to kind of, um, it was a a, a close one of our close friends wedding uh that um you know like everyone was having a blast and everyone was kind of um you know like people were having drinks and all that you know like which i didn't mind at all you know like it's just that by yeah. by 1 a.m um, oh my god yeah you know like it was it was become it became kind of like a bit too much, but, you know, and my wife was just having fun, you know, like, you know, like the, the high eels were all over, you know, like, it, you know, like everyone yeah. was having a blast. And so from 11 to one, I was actually just, it was too much for me. Not that I yeah, wanted I get to, that. not that I wanted to drink. It just like, right. it was just, I couldn't hold a conversation with anyone. You know, like it was just, totally. it was, it was tough, you know, like, so I, we we drove back at one fifteen or one one thirty, and she was like, "You look like you're mad. You know, like you look angry." I'm like, "I'm not angry. It's just that you know, like by eleven o'clock, I was, you know, you know, like I could have, I could have drove back home. You know, like if it wasn't for you yeah. know like us sharing the car, I probably would have come back home." And she's like, "If you had just told me, we would have left. You know, like we, we, right. because I I you know like by." And she kind of told me, you know, like I, she said, like, like by midnight, Alex, you know, like I was, it was over for me. You know, like I was already way past my time and, you know, like it was, yeah. it was enough. I was like, yeah. And she was like, N absolutely. You know, like it was, um, it was time for me to go home. I was like, oh, okay. And um, from that moment on, um, it became um, kind of almost like a, I would just wink or, you know, like give her a sign mm -hmm. and she's like, okay, you know, like I got it. And, and totally, you know, like night's over people, you know, like, let's go. And, and, but I had to do my own share of that as well, which meant that if, if by 11 or by 10, uh, you know, like I would have gone home, um, 
I have to do my part, you know, like in, in, in kind of feeling the place and say, well, you know, like, you know, like maybe I can tough this. Right. You know, like 30 a, more minutes exactly, or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. You know, like, compromise. So, exactly. And you know, what was my big, you know, like kind of my, the solution to all that. I, I yeah. came, I came back to a old dream of me, um, DJing. So I bought oh. full blown equipment, uh, like, like just like awesome. a, with a teen that has like a good paycheck, you know, like, <laughs> and, yeah, um, yeah. went, we just went all in and buying myself like good quality DJ equipment, got myself back into it. Not that I was playing clubs at all. It was just like a, a you know, a kind <laughs> yeah. of a, it was a passion that I had when I was 16, 17, 18. Um, and so got back to it a bit, started playing with that. And now I'm the kind of, uh, de facto DJ at every house party that we have. Oh, that's so fun. Yeah. And so that means that, you know, like there's no, you know, like there's pretty much like no arguing and, you know, like when I want to get back home, you know, like I, I go back yeah. home because I, I'm, I'm not only am I busy, but you know, like I, I don't have to, uh, kind of miss having a conversation with anyone. Um, you know, like, right. so there's, there's like all kinds of good reason and good, you know, like good side of the decision I, I, I took of, um, giving it a shot and now mm -hmm. now it's just assumed that um alex got to play the music and um whatever you know like we're organizing i'm going to be playing the music and that's it you know like so that was just a great decision that's <laughs> like, so great. just like a flash i had i was like well let me get back to that and try and i realized like one one evening i was like wow i you know like i'm, I'm not looking at my watch i'm just having a blast as everyone does. And, um, I don't need to, you know, like I, I, I don't, I, I'm, I'm not bored at all. And, uh, yeah, that was a, just a great I, thing. I get that. Cause you know, like it gets boring fast. <laughs> yeah. I always, I'm, I'm never out in the middle of the night unless I'm going to see like my favorite bands, you know? Yeah. My, Other than that, like I don't have kids. I have no business in the middle of the night. <laughs> <laughs> my sister-in-law, we were um at my it was my father-in-law's wedding and uh, my sister-in-law was pregnant and um they literally just all fucking lost it. I mean, lost oh. it. You know, everyone lost it. And the only one yeah. that were sober were actually me and my stepsister and my, my yeah. sorry, my sister-in-law. And because she was pregnant. Exactly. And I remember that evening and the day after and weeks after, she was like, Is it like that every time, Alex? I'm like, well, depends you know like you know like people, yeah. people don't lose it that much every time but if you're asking if it when when you guys lose it if it if it's like that the answer is yes I mean, like, <laughs> she was like yeah i can't believe that you went you know like you have to go you know like you have to endure this i'm like well not that i endure this it's just that i mean if you, the question is is it like that i'm like it definitely is, you know, like you guys, yeah, you know, like when it is. you're having a blast and I, you know, like I can appreciate that, but you know, like the, the level of conversation, it's pretty much, that's pretty much it. You know, like mm -hmm. you, the, you can't go, you don't go higher than that. You know, like it's like, oh my yep. God, you know, like I'm like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's. <laughs> my thing is if people are drinking, 
totally fine. But once dinner and dessert is done, I'm going home or going to bed or going to watch TV. I don't need to stay for that conversation. <laughs> and, the, and, and, and the question would be, what conversation? You know, right. <laughs> it's, it's so unstimulating <laughs> to me. <laughs> there's there's nothing left, you know, like so for me, it's just like I, I, I find it funny, you know, like and, and this doesn't happen, you know, like every time or, you know, like, no, right. but, you know, like the, the and the, the um, I would say that, you know, like the 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 only thing that I'm missing with my wife is the kind of the epicure of things, you know, like the the. Mm. The my wife enjoys um, like coupling. For example, we went in New York. We went to Babel when Babel was the thing. You know, like the pasta guy. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and um, it was like the coupling of uh, good wines with pasta. Sure. You know, like it was just. Um, yeah. And my wife was just. It's it's so funny because you know like I take her to New York. We have like a long weekend together. Um, we had a you know like really good time and then i had that reservation there and so we go there and my wife is just so excited like like a kid you know like mm-hmm. and you know like so they yeah. ask you know like, would you like to couple that with you know like the wine tasting and she's like for sure and 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 i'm there and well you know drink my sparkling water but yeah, and yeah. she's like every single meal they would bring to the table she was like you have no idea what they're doing you know like it's just it's crazy. And, and, yeah, and totally. she's like, do you want to smell it? I'm like, Oh, I'm going to smell no. that one. And so I smell it. I'm like, I, I, I understand what you're saying. I understand. And then, but she gets like, like a, really like a kid, you know, like she's like really enjoying it. And yeah, so by she really the, appreciates it. Exactly. And by the second or third plate, she's like, would you like to smell? I'm like, you know what? I'm going to pass, you know? And she looks at my eyes and she's like, oh, I'm like, I wouldn't drink it. I'm just saying right. that, you know, like it almost makes me sad that, you know, like I wouldn't want to glass i would want a bottle of each right like that's my problem i don't relate to wanting a glass (laughs) i don't get the point it just doesn't even taste good to me not only that it's too little you know i I, well i don't see the point in not having all of it (laughs) i want to get drunk you know like i don't want to yeah but at the same time i totally understand you know like 16 years later that um there's something to be missed in the um, tasting, you know, like kind sure. of the Epicurean thing around. Yeah, uh, the ritual. Exactly. You know, like there, there's really something around that, that, you know, like I, I, I miss not being able to do that. And that, you know, like I've totally. pretty much made my, you know, I made peace with that. But, you know, like I understand why, you know, like someone would say, fuck, you know, like, I, I mean, I'm, I'm right there. You know, like I get it. Like it's, it's a... And so to, to your point of, you know, like, would I or not, you know, like have like a, a partner that's not, sure. you know, like that's probably the, everyone has to do their, their part. You know, like if, you know, like if I was with someone that wasn't um, like, you know, like, or was what, like my wife, you know, like not, um, not an addictive personality yeah. um, and, and didn't do her part, um, it would be a nightmare. Um, <laughs> yeah, and and at at, at the same point where 
exactly. And the same point would be if, if she was an addict, but not doing her part as well, uh, either not, you know, like taking care of herself or oh, yeah. not, you know, like it would be a nightmare as well, you know? Absolutely. Um, same. Uh, that's, that's a real nightmare, <laughs> <laughs> you know? It is. And I think a huge part of my relationship in our commitment to each other is that we work on our own recoveries because I don't want to be with a dry drunk and I most certainly don't want to be with a using drunk, you know? It, it, again, you know, like that's, that's crazy because, and then this is something that's really tough because we do have, um, we know what it is, you know, like we, we can identify the signs. And so that yeah. can become quickly kind of, um, you know, like, um, oh, but you're in your ba 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 ba, you know, like, or you're going through this or that. And right. you know, like, mind your own fucking business, you know, like, you know? right. Exactly. <laughs> and that's, that's the codependency work of figuring out what's mine, what's yours. And am I being helpful or am I taking on your stuff? Yeah. And, and then again, that's another challenge. And my wife will go, would dare tell me, you know, like, it's been a while since you haven't attended a meeting, right? Yeah. And I would say, yeah. don't go there. And she's like, I'm just saying that, you know, like, it's just for your own sake. You know, like, it's just, yeah. you know, like, it's not, you know, like, because, you know, like, it could be uh, resonating as, um, like, almost like uh, trying to give lesson or, and, she, sure. and she's like, telling you what to exactly. do. Exactly. And she's like, that's not what I'm saying. I'm, what I'm saying is that, um, she sees the difference. Yeah. I mean, since the podcast, There's it has a changed a lot because, you know, like I do have, I come, you know, like I, I, I realize <laughs> going through the process that, um, recording this is pretty much like, um, almost like the genesis of it all, you know, like Bill and Bob. Yeah. Having We're a having talk. a little meeting. Yeah. That's yeah. for me. It's a, <laughs> <laughs> totally. It takes, you know, like it takes, um, it almost replaces attending a meeting because, you know, like I can't get closer, you know, like to, to anyone, you know, like in, in, especially right. in meeting rooms, you know, like I, you know, like you listen to someone sharing and then you know, like, if there's this discussion phase, you know, like good, but, um, this has, you know, like it doesn't, um, equip, you know, like it's not the equivalent of what we're doing right now. So. Right. No, I totally agree. <laughs> That's cool. Last thing I'm going to ask you, Emily, um, yeah. are you involved in, you know, like kind of that, you know, like new reality, which are social medias, um, you know, like, yes. are you out there <laughs> helping, you know, like the next of kin and you know, <laughs> I am, you are, it's my most recent endeavor, um, in no, in late November, like around Thanksgiving time here, I started the warrior of wellness. That's my Instagram. And um, I share recipes, like healthy-ish recipes, whole foods, a lot of plant-based stuff, but not only plant-based. Um, I talk about eating disorder recovery. I talk about sobriety. I will offer like yoga classes, often donation-based through my stories. And then People will just message me to sign up and I'll send them a Zoom link. Um, I have been taking getting some like private clients through there, although not not trying to get too many because I do have like a full-time job. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
I, I like love it. I never thought I would be someone who loved it. I've never been in, super into social media. Like I don't use Snapchat. I rarely use Facebook, but I love the picture format of Instagram. And I recently got into TikTok. That's a dane. <laughs> that's a rabbit hole. Rabbit hole. As well. Rabbit yeah, hole. literally. <laughs> that it's like definitely um appeals to my addict quick brain. But um it's crazy. You can't exit that fucking app. It's crazy. I literally do not open it between nine and five because I cannot stop when I open it. So I have to wait until I'm having what I call TikTok time. Yeah. Like between eight and eight thirty every night. It is it is crazy. I'm I'm on Android and I think I need to press back like four <laughs> times before it it exists it exits the yeah. the app and you know like on it iphone was... it's different i get it but you know like and i i could actually press home and go back like the iphone uh, does but what i'm saying is that it's it's programmed to keep you there keep you there are you sure <laughs> yes i'm sure i just pressed exit you know are you really sure i'm like fuck you, you know? <laughs> <laughs> totally <laughs> I got something for you here and like someone dancing with the it banana. I'm like, oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> come on. I don't want the banana dancing. I just want to exit. You know, like it's, it's so nuts. You know, like it's, um, we, we, I have like a group of friends. We're four friends that, you know, like share like just like a crazy humor and whatever. And, and someone started sending TikToks and I was like, yeah, I do that with my friends. I don't want to install the app. And, and then one, twice. And, and, and then I was like, oh, God damn it. I'm, That's I'm, exactly <laughs> what happened to me. <laughs> so I installed it. And then I started looking. I'm like, oh, I can't stay here. You know, I got, it's, it's not good for me. I can't, yeah. I can't stay here. So I almost never open it. You know, I, it's too, it, I, I, it's addicting. I feel it. I, you know, I like can just yeah. like, I feel it in my body. It's just, I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> like <laughs> that's too much. I, I, I love doing funny faces with my son on Snapchat. Yeah. And that's really for mm -hmm. my own personal and, right. and my son's you know, like kind of, um, sense of humor, you know, like we, we open it sure. and look at the latest filter. I'm like, Oh, look, dad looks old. And he's like, Oh, Papa and blah, blah, blah. And you're like, okay, funny, mm -hmm. funny. And then I did like the Easter ears this weekend and you know, like he was like, Oh, I'm a rabbit. And yeah, you're a rabbit. And that was yeah. it. You know, like that was, <laughs> so I have a few photos on my phone that, you know, like I look like an old man and, and, uh, that's it, you know, like, or I'm bald and he's like, Oh, where's your hair? And like, anyways, you know, so, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I have, you know, like I, I you know, like the, the, these new platforms almost scare me. I'm like, oh, that's too much, too much. Yeah, it's intense. <laughs> um, I do love Instagram though. Ah, oh, really? It is. I like, it is, to, and, I like and, to put out on it. I don't really like to take in that much on the app, but I like to create and share things that I think will help people take better care of themselves. And it is, it is, um, you know, like small bite, quick bite. Um, mm -hmm. you know, like it, it, it is super interesting. It's, it can be aesthetically interesting as well. You know, like people, yeah. like people work hard on making it like look totally. nice. Um, and yeah, I think it's one of my, it is probably with Twitter and, and for different purposes. Um, right. Those are the two, my, my main two, um, 
the perversion of Facebook, what it has become is making it like a bit um, almost like poison, poisonous. You know, like you have to be careful yeah, about Facebook. Yes, yeah. yeah. I literally do not scroll Facebook. It is. It is. It's too much. It is. <laughs> and the publicity <laughs> is taking over it. You know, like there's there's yeah. way too much marketing. It's too much. And um, yeah, I mean, and so for the listeners, um, every single link of where we can find Emily uh, are going to be provided in the in the episode notes. So uh, just scroll down whatever platform you're listening it to. Uh, just scroll down. You can find it there. Emily. Awesome. Thanks a lot for your time. Um, yeah. Thank I, you so I, much I, for I, having me. I repeat myself every single week about this, but you know, like they are, you know, like they are, um, this is my kind of my special Alex moment every night. You know, like I, I, yeah. you know, like I eat fast. I have my quick dinner uh -huh. and you know, like I, I just stroll downstairs to my like little old mate studio. And, and this is my, um, and since I started, this is something that, you know, like I'm blessed to have, um, to have decided to do you know like i'm i'm i'm, I'm so uh grateful that people are accepting to be part of that that are listening to it that are almost like you know once or twice a month i get like someone writing me in my dms or wherever saying you know like that it helps them that I have a hard That's time going in therapy or or you know like even attending like a meeting and but but that podcast helps them um yeah you know like that that they get sober or not yet is not important for me. Just like having those, right. those people writing me is, is quite, you know, like something for me, it, you know, like it touches me. Yeah. Um, That's definitely what keeps me running my Instagram account. Those kind of messages. It does. So I get that. And, uh, and for that, Emily, I'm really grateful that you accepted to be part of that. Um, thank you. It's a pleasure. Yeah, it was uh, it was great time. And uh, I wish you the best, Emily. And um, you too. I'm sure we'll have uh, other times to uh, reconnect. Definitely. Thank you. Take care. Bye. Bye bye.